Welcome to Living a Maintenance Life. I'm the host and creator, Carlos Damien, a.k.a. Los AFFA. This podcast is about our Shogun Warriors. It's about their stories, their perspectives, and insight into their lives. My hopes for this podcast is to have conversations with different maintenance pros from across our group in order to learn each other better. Over my career, I've served as a maintenance pro, MTI, and first sergeant. I've met amazing people from across the globe, but right here and now, I get the privilege to serve with 2,400 maintenance professionals. Here are some of our conversations. Hey, thanks for coming out. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name's Kim Wiesner. I am a chief master sergeant. I am the wing weapons manager, and I'm from San Diego, California. Again, thanks for coming out. Uh, the first question today is going to be, what's your favorite movie? Well, I don't necessarily have a favorite movie, um, but I love watching anything that has Molly Ringwald in it. Explain. Ooh, uh, that's a good one. I, I think the characters that she plays, um, usually like the underdog or maybe the ugly duckling, I just feel like it's a very relatable um, like topic. So do you have an affinity for like 80s movies as well? Oh, I love 80s movies and music. Who's the most influential maintainer that you've ever met? Um, I, I feel like I've met a lot of influ influential maintainers. Um, if I can pick one person, uh, it would be a person by the name of Tim Mon. Um, he was a tech sergeant uh, expediter um, back in Mountain Home. Uh, just a very genuine, nice person uh, who treated everybody fairly. Uh, and he really encouraged me to just do me. Um, and, you know, he his story is, you know, he's not, he doesn't fit it the maintainer mold in a sense. Uh, he's a Mormon. Um, he has seven children, very dedicated to his faith and um, his family. And I envied that. I thought that was, you know, for him to be able to do our job as weapons and not feel conflicted with his religion. Um, but at the same time, you know, he came to work, did his job, and he just treated everybody with respect. And uh, I really respected that, uh, how he can um, just focus on the job, focus on the person, um, and treat everyone fairly. Yeah, it's awesome because, you know, we talk about molds and maintenance, and what does a typical maintainer look like? Do you feel like you fit the mold? I, I do now, but I definitely did not, you know, coming up in the last 23 years. You know, uh, it, it has been a difficult um, upbringing, I guess, or uh a lot of things I had to overcome to even feel like I fit in. Uh, so there, I feel that there is a mold, but, um, you know, I think as time has gone on, we have definitely uh, changed what that mold is or even reduced the fact that we're calling it a mold. Yeah, and that's what I think I, what I'm trying to get at is that, is that I look at you, I look across our you know, the 2,400 or so maintenance professionals that we have in our group and while we're doing this podcast and while we're talking about it and sharing our stories is that is like, I can't really think of like when I ask you, do you think you fit the mold? 
I'm not quite sure there is one anymore because I see the maintenance professionals from all over. Um, because that's my next question is that it's like, what makes a good maintainer? Uh, I think just a, a passion to want to do and complete a mission or just even one task, one task at a time will get you, you know, and, and your part in that task is going to, um, just make you part of that team that gets the mission done. Um, a good maintainer, you know, is just dedicated, I think, you know, and passionate about what they do and, you know, come to work every day expecting or wanting to do their best. Um, I don't think anybody comes to work saying they're going to give mediocre work or, you know, things happen throughout the day and throughout your career that, you know, change the way um, you look at things. But at the same time, you know, a a sense of positivity and um, coming to work and, and giving it your all. Um, even if your all is 50% or 80% of what you got, um, you know, every little bit helps and we're all team players and uh, any contribution will help uh, make us as a whole successful. So one of the questions I'd like to ask is, is there a difference between uh, a good maintainer and a good airman? Are they synonymous? Is there some differences? What's your opinion on that? I think they're synonymous. Um because every every career field is going to be different. What a maintainer does on a daily basis is going to be different than what you know a finance individual does or um, a, a security forces individual does. Um, so trying to say that an airman is different than a maintainer, I think, is um, it's not even possible. You have to be an airman first. And then your job is basically secondary. So everybody's an airman, no matter what job they do. But what do you value most in a subordinate? What do you value most in a peer? And what do you value most in like somebody in a, uh, a leader or a supervisor? Um, as far as a, a subordinate, um, I, I think that, you know, a good attribute for them to have is uh, to be able to take feedback and to do something good with that feedback. Um, you know, some, sometimes people are, are self-absorbed or um, they just can't uh, come to the realization that they're anything less than what they perceive of themselves. Um, I think if uh, a subordinate is open-minded and able to take good feedback, whether it's positive or negative, um, you know, what they do with that feedback is, I think, a, uh, you know, if they use it in a positive way, um, they're going to only gain and grow from that. So I think that would be a good attribute for a, a subordinate. Um, as far as my peers, um, I would say support, being supportive of each other. Uh, a lot of times you see uh, peers just, you know, they they have a hard time. They look at your career and what you're doing and they're too worried about that sometimes. And I, you know, I can fall into that trap myself. Um, but if we were just uh, supportive of each other, I think we would all uh, be able to gain from that and um, reap from each other's successes. Um, and from a leader, I, I would like to see, or I hope leaders have compassion 
Uh, I think it's very important to be compassionate, to have an understanding of uh, what somebody is going through, um, just to uh, be able to just have a better understanding. Over the past seven, eight months now, working with my boss, you're our boss, actually. It's uh, working with our boss. He he throws it out there quite a bit. And for the first time in maintenance, I've heard two strange words that I've never heard in my career uh, as a maintenance professional. And one is grace, and the second one is vulnerability. And I think you hit actually both on both of them. Uh, because from your peer group, as chiefs, we're chiefs. Other airmen are listening, are going to be listening to this podcast. Um other chiefs are going to be listening to this podcast, and you you know you're vulnerable because you know they you know there's always somebody who's going to throw throw you know uh, behind the messages uh, behind a keyboard is going to be tough and hey I think this and I think that and we're here to share our opinions and there's a certain level of vulnerability that comes with that and there's a certain level of vulnerability for for your peer group and then the grace uh, the grace that I don't always have sometimes is especially as a maintainer when things are happening quickly things are happening fast I don't like expediting pro souping at times being a you know being the seven, only seven level on shift and you're trying to direct traffic for the most part sometimes you forget that and i think i, I you know one thing is i want to be authentic as we talk and i've lost that you know especially coming from an mti background coming out of that background i was grace was probably the last word and thought process on my mind that's for sure um so another reason of this podcast is to share experiences and sharing like everybody's unique. And in the, be- the beginning of the intro, I share that I'm always blown away by people's stories. So I'm going to ask you, what makes you you? Um, I, I would have to say um, my upbringing is really um, where it all started. Uh, my parents are, um, they were born in Vietnam. Uh, they came over to the United States at the fall of Saigon in 1975. Um, And to see that they had their own struggles and coming to a country that uh, gave them more than they could ever ask for and sharing that with us, uh, I mean, I I feel a lot of gratitude uh, for what I have. And I think, you know, my mom has taught me to be a hard worker, to appreciate what I have. And I think that has just um, molded me into the person I am today, uh, to be very grateful and just to live life at, you know, to the fullest and to, and to do my part um, as a good product of, you know, this society. So uh, I think that my upbringing, um, having two different cultures, uh, having a very strict rigid Asian background and then um, trying to figure out how I'm an American um, based off of what I've what I've witnessed not necessarily in my own home so trying to figure out that for myself I think I've molded myself into you know uh, I'm trying to be a person that not everybody expects me to be so uh, you know, I, I, I give it to my parents pretty much for instilling, you know, hard work and dedication and being dedicated to anything that I, I put myself, you know, put my mind to. So here you are in the top of your game. I mean, this is your career. And like, when we, I think you want to get to our level. We, a few years back, I would say that, uh, 
it stops being a job it becomes your career it becomes your profession and like you said uh, your your parents are very influential on that and my next question is about your family too is how have you know because sometimes you know some families are supportive some families are uh, non-existent and some families are uh, you know provide an abundance of support how's your family helped you get to the top of the enlisted corps as a chief master sergeant uh, I'm talking about all family members, uh, from your spouse, if you can go on sharing, your kiddos, um, and, and your family back home. Uh, so when I was seven, my dad passed away. So I didn't really have him in my life. Um, so I, and I didn't really have uh, you know, that male to look up to. So I really relied on my, uh, my mom's direction and uh, just observing how she worked and how she lived her life. Uh, so I think that you know, that has uh, benefited me seeing how uh, she has made it through. Um, also with her, I mean, I can't thank her enough. Uh, she has, on numerous occasions, uh, taken my children when I had to go on TDY. Uh, my husband and I were mill to mill for 21 years. Um, so we oftentimes we would deploy together or we would go TDY together. Uh, so, you know, it was an opportunity for us to still... Uh, have, you know, those military experiences, even while having children. Uh, my my mom actually potty trained my first son uh, as he spent like four months with her. Um, also, uh, my mother-in-law also took uh, my, our child when um, I had to deploy also. So I think having their support has been extremely helpful in enabling me to have those experience of uh, deploying. Um, my husband uh, we've been together for 22 years. Oh, well, that's married, 23 years. Uh, and so, you know, that in itself is, you know, quite an accomplishment. Um, it definitely comes with a lot of hard work and dedication. And, uh, you know, we have to continue to stand by the commitment that we made to each other. Um, but, you know, he retired after 21 years and, um you know, he, we came here after he retired and, you know, he's just so supportive of what I, my ambition and what I wanted to achieve. Um, so he, you know, took on that role at home uh, to take care of our children um, and to support me as best as he could. Um, so with our children, uh, we have three boys. Um, they're very crazy little guys. Um, well, six, yeah, 16, <laughs> 16, 11, and uh, nine. Um, yeah, so they, they keep us on our toes a lot. Uh, they're definitely reflections of us. Um, so they're very mature for their age and um, very street smart. So, uh, but yeah, if it wasn't for them um, and their support and their willingness to just keep moving on, um, you know, I, I don't think I'd be here today. Those who have good support networks, typically, um, if you look at the uh, rank and file, they end up being uh, uh, successful. You know, and I think that that support network helps you get there. And I think we've seen in our career sometimes when they don't have, well, when an airman does not have that support network, that it's, uh, you know, it could be, I say they, they, they can't make, uh, they can't achieve their goals or their ambitions, but it's it is definitely a lot a lot harder um, than those with support. So living this maintenance life is very difficult at times. In rapid succession, uh, I think I've asked this question before. 
But I ask you again, what do you like about maintenance? What do you dislike about maintenance? And if you had the magic wand, the magic bullet to fix one thing, you don't have to necessarily uh, come up with a fix, just something you would tackle, what would it be? So your like, your dislike, and what would you change? I, I really love what I do. I love what I'm a part of. Um, I wouldn't want it any other way. I wouldn't want to be anything but a maintainer. Um, to watch those planes take off every day is um, job satisfaction. So I think it's really the people that I love um, working with day in and day out. All the people that I've met in the past, I mean, it's just it's just a great set of people that, you know, are lifelong friends. Um, so that's what I love about maintenance, the maintainer, who these people are, um, their dedication to what we do. And, uh, yeah, I can't say enough about the people that, that I've, um, I get the pleasure of working with every day. Um, what I don't like, hmm. Uh, I, I mean, there's a lot of uh, pressures, I guess, when it comes to um, what we do and, you know, ops tempo and, you know, what we ask of our people. Um, but, I mean, the mission has to happen. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a, a proponent of, of what has to take place to make those things happen. Um, it's just, you know, the, the work-life balance and uh, things of that nature are definitely hard uh, to maintain as a maintainer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> balance. Yes. I don't even know if you could call it balance, but um, something I would change. I don't know. That one's a, that one's a hard one. It could be anything then. Anything about the Air Force. Change it. It could happen. Like uh, you are the number three of all time as a, uh, a weapons professional, the third female uh, chief master sergeant to serve as a weapons troop. And that says something. And then let's fast forward in a few years. Uh, the chief of staff of the Air Force uh, looks over at his chief master sergeant of the Air Force, Kim uh, Wiesner, and says, hey, what is one thing you change? Don't got to come up with a solution to change it. <laughs> Uh, I I think there's a lot more we can do for our female airmen. Um, I definitely have, especially now that I have become, you know, this, I've achieved this to become the third uh, female weapons chief. Um, I think there's a lot that we can do for maintainers in general, women maintainers. Um, we do ask a lot from them. Uh, I, I think more than our male counterparts when it comes to um, having kids and, and kind of making a choice whether you want to maintain your career or be a maintainer. Um, so I, th I think, you know, I would love to look into things as far as, you know, when we do uh, get pregnant and the jobs that we perform and, you know, how we continue to v develop ourselves even in those times that we're still, we can still contribute just because we, you know, physically cannot be there out there on the flight line or out there in the shop working. I mean, there's tons of things that we are more than capable of doing. Um, so, so reinforcing that or, um, 
even even developing, you know, a training plan or or whatever can help us uh, continue our growth um, during those times, I think could be beneficial. So we've had we've had numerous conversations over the the time that we've known each other. And I'm looking because you got two boys and I got I got my 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 two daughters, uh, Isabel and uh, Sierra. They joined the United States Air Force. They come in. Um, what piece of advice would you give to a young female airman? I would say that don't be so hard on yourself. Um, let yourself, like, give yourself grace, like we were speaking about earlier. Um, that is something I think that, you know, I put too much pressure on myself. Uh, and, you know, I think I lost a lot of sleep over, uh, certain things. I dwelled on a lot of things that probably just weren't worth it. Um, so I would say to, you know, just keep pushing forward, but don't lose sleep over the little things. That's a good one. That's great. So in maintenance, we have these, uh, you know, we've been in for about the same amount of time. Like we sit there and you, you look back over your career and you know, we came in, in the nineties and you look at the nineties, this is before cell phones, uh, before all this technology I have sitting in front of me now. Uh, and we had, I, you know, it's a little different culture, I would think, but we have these stories, our experiences. And I, I think, uh, I've shared that with you a couple of times is that's who we are. We are our experiences. And as we share our experience on the, on this podcast and uh, around as leaders in the United States Air Force, do you have a favorite maintenance story that you that that's maybe inspired you along the way or just something funny? It could be yeah, kind of anything. Um, well, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, weapons troops are dissatisfied with, you know, what they're dealing with on a daily basis. Um, because they're, you know, just cross-loading air- aircraft or missiles and they really don't do anything. There's not a lot of job satisfaction there. Um, so I, I try to share my stories of deployments and um, what reinforced to me why I do what I do. Um, and after 9-11, uh, I think that was the one of the biggest um, eye-opening experiences in my life uh, when I deployed I deployed uh, a month later and watching aircraft take off with, you know, fully loaded and then come back completely empty is, you know, that's job satisfaction. That's that's where, you know, what you do day in and day out, um, it, it matters. You know, your proficiency, um, how you load, what you're doing. You know, we have a customer, somebody's relying on that, uh, those bombs to be dropped. So, um when I was deployed and I, I just put on staff sergeant, I just got my first crew. Uh, we were a lone crew on a day when everybody had, else had off. I think it was the 4th of July. And there was a, a special mission that had to happen. So um, we had to download four aircraft uh, and put up uh, AGM-130, 130s, which are pretty big, uh, massive bombs. And... Uh, to feel that rush and to feel the importance of, you know, having to get it done quickly because someone is relying on that bomb to be dropped. Um, it was like 
the best feeling in the world that I got to do that. And, uh, and they solely relied on my crew. So that's something that I, I carry with myself and it's a proud moment for sure. So I've been working together now. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming onto the show uh, and doing the podcast with me. You were the very first people that I was like, oh, I have to have uh, uh, Chief Wiesner on. It has to happen. This is going to be one of my very first interviews. Um, well, how I'm closing the show is who, in your opinion, should I interview next? Probably, no, I don't have a name. But you should interview an airman, <laughs> for sure. Um, no, no airman in, in particular, just an airman. No, just an airman who's out there on the flight line. And, I mean, you're going to ask them these same questions, and I'd really love to hear what their answers are. You'd listen to the podcast yeah, then? for sure. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, again, thanks you, thank you for uh, coming on to the show today. I appreciate it. Um, any closing closing remarks uh, I just uh, appreciate the opportunity to share my thoughts and um, my story and I hope that you know somebody could find uh, you know a little glimmer of hope if especially if they're female and uh, they aspire to be a chief one day teammates again thank you for listening if you or anybody you know wants to be a part of the show hit me up on Facebook Instagram or Twitter Los AF Jefe be happy to have you on the show This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored by the Department of Defense or the United States Air Force. Though we may use name, ranks, and duty titles, this podcast is strictly opinion-based by the member and myself. Cleared off headsets. Los AF Jefe, out.